All right, everyone, thank you for joining me to another episode of Far Out Strength of the Hour. Uh, this episode, we're going to look at my process during the WrestleMania season. As some of you may already know or don't know, I'm a very extreme wrestling fan. And from January to about April is my season uh, where I can kind of guesstimate or play around who's going to make it to this WrestleMania event. And this year was the most stupendous WrestleMania of all time. It actually was really good uh, from the past couple of years. Um, they had that COVID WrestleMania and then they had the WrestleMania with like a limited crowd in Tampa. And now we hear back taking care of domes at the uh, uh, in Dallas at the AT&T Stadium uh, where they wrapped up a two-day WrestleMania. It's, it's, it's really crazy because growing up, WrestleMania was like Sunday, a couple of hours. And now it's this two-day, kind of got this like festival feel, this two-day process. Um, and it can get long. So like some WrestleManias, like the one last year in particular was kind of long. It was just kind of long. Um, but this year, it was really exciting. I think they planned on being two days. I think they they couldn't fit it all in one night, so they tried a super long WrestleMania. I think a couple of years back, I think I was sitting there for about like five hours for this whole WrestleMania thing. And uh, But now they broke it up in two nights, and it's really cool. And um, uh, to me, the first night, I think, was extremely better than the second night. I think the second night was extremely just focused on uh, the Brock and Roman Reigns, which is his, which is fine. Um, but I liked first night uh, a lot better. Um, but for this strand of the hour, um, we were smoking Jungle Cake, which is a hybrid, kind of like a sativa. Um, it's a sativa because it leaves you kind of uh, talkative. Um, it's bred by Seed Junkie Genetics. Um, it's a cross between White Fire 43 and Wedding Cake. Um, again, it gives you a lot of energy. It kept me up during the WrestleMania. Like, I smoked it and kept me up. And the thing about it is, is that I actually bought it kind of like a week before WrestleMania leading to. Uh, I want to give a shout out to URB, which is a dispensary in Monroe, Michigan, or one of our travels to visit our dispensaries. Um, and they had a great deal on the Jungle Cake. I think they were doing like $99 uh, ounces and stuff. And it was really dope. And I really liked the uh, strain. Um, it's really chill, something you can keep smoking. It lasts me for a while. That's how potent and dope it was. Um, plus, there was some other stuff that I got from there, you know, your general uh, edibles and shit like that. Um, but uh, they were really friendly. The bud tenders were really friendly. It's a super dope vibe in there. Um, people were really nice. Uh, they treated you well. They gave you suggestions. They didn't, like, over, uh, like, stock your cart. They knew what they were talking about. Um, I forgot our bud sender's name, but she was just super helpful. She, you know, was, uh, she, her, her background was from it, from being a medical patient of it because she had some, uh, situations that I think dealing with her spine, um, and her medical history. So, uh, cannabis to her, it was from a medical kind of like background, which was really cool. And she offered a lot of great, um, things. I, I like the RSO darts. So that's what I was trying to get to. The course was out of it, but, um, she, gave her background, her testimonial about cannabis and how it helped her and how it brought her to being a bud tender, which I think is super dope. Um, because again, yeah, it's customer service, but you want to relate. We're taking some topic that's been a taboo topic for years and years and years, and now we're open with it. So it's great to have people who are bud tenders, who are extreme 
uh, not only connoisseurs, but advocates for cannabis based on their own testimonies and the things that they've been through. So I thought that was super dope. So URB, uh, Monroe, Michigan, um, great dispensary. I would check it out. Love their stuff. Uh, I'm still loving the Michigan grown, local grown. I think to me, it's it's really cool. Um, I'm going to find out maybe somebody that I'll beat them. But right now, they're like the dispensaries and uh, how they conduct business for different uh, dispensaries down there. Not only URB, but 315, Joyology, Greenleaf, like they're just different places. And they're not necessarily in Detroit. I know people in Michigan, they're like, oh, Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. Everybody's like, Detroit, Detroit. No, these are places outside of Detroit in the Michigan area. Um, they're just really nice, really nice places to go. Um, because compared, because how I started my WrestleMania season, I started, actually went to Royal Rumble in St. Louis. Um, and that's how I started uh, my WrestleMania season off and Illinois is right there, right next to St. Louis. So hung out in Illinois and went to uh, a dispensary called Ascend out there. And I wasn't as, I don't want to say impressed, but I wasn't as like, didn't really show the love. They really kind of was like a big business type of dispensary. And I respect it because you're going to have your Walmarts, and then you're gonna have your mom and pops, and they look like they were leading to be like the Walmart. It looked like a factory type of place. You walked in, uh, make sure you look at the camera, and uh, um, not not just like the friendliness of the butt tenders. It was just like I feel like the prices were a little bit higher. I feel like the taxes were a little bit higher. I felt like even though it was uh, Illinois is a recreation uh, state, recreational state, it just it, it was a lot of it was just it didn't feel like the vibe was there. It felt like just a big business type of thing. Not really like a chill, like we're forward and, you know, take care of yourself and heal. It was just like, we just slinging some weed. Like this is what it is. And, um, when I was there, I got, uh, because I couldn't, I couldn't smoke in the room. I couldn't smoke in the car with the people I was with. They're not, they weren't as, uh, 420 friendly, um, as I am. So I made sure I got some uh, Spring Lake syrup, which is like the, it was the mango strawberry favorite, which was really dope. I, I fucked with that syrup. It got me through the whole time of being um, there for like, where I think it was there for a couple of days. And I put it in some 7-Up or some Sprite Zero and put it like double cup to shit. Like it was some like lean or some shit and just sipped on it and hung out and walked through all the way through the activities and, you know, different events that I went to. Um, so that helped me out. Um, I had got an ozone um, pre-roll. It was the strain that I had there was McLovin. Dope strain. The only thing I don't like about it, they have this new pre-roll like out of this glass, kind of like one hitter type of thing. And it made me kind of feel like a crackhead a little bit. Not going to lie. Um, like I was freebasing marijuana through just the how they had it and how it was shaped. I didn't really all the way like it. The weed was dope. I mean, I liked it when I was hitting it, but it made me feel very uncomfortable. Um, but it, it, it was, it was dope. I love the strain, um, relaxing. I think I got a couple hits out of it, which was cool. Cause it's kind of like a bowl type of thing, but it was piped up and I really didn't like that. Um, and the, actually I did get some flour, which was a uh, gorilla day cheese, which is a cross of gorilla glue number four and Clementine. And, um, that, that smoked pretty well. That smoked really well. Um, I was able to bring that back and, uh, Smoked that and vibe off. So it, it was cool. It was all right. I, again, like out of that, I just didn't like, and I only went to one dispensary there. So maybe 
when I go back to Illinois, and maybe I'll go back a little bit north around the Chicago area, see what the uh, dispensaries are like, see if there's a difference. If anybody know a good dispensary to visit being in Illinois, make sure you just uh, let me know. And I can take me and my crew, and we can go and visit and try it out. But um, basically, that's how I started my WrestleMania season. And it was really dope because at that uh, particular Royal Rumble, we found out that Ronda Rousey came back and she won the Royal Rumble. And then uh, Brock Lesnar, even though he lost, he you know won the Royal Rumble again. So that just kind of set the stages of WrestleMania to come. Um, and these uh, these are some pretty, pretty big, heavy matches. Um, in the middle of it, we had Elimination Chamber where... Um, we see, you know, Ronda Rousey in action, Brock Lesnar actually, um, uh, was going to challenge, oh, he won the title again, he won the, uh, world heavyweight title in the Elimination Chamber, um, to get the title back to make the, you know, biggest match of WrestleMania era all time, and, you know, uh, unifying two titles together, um, I'm, I don't want to say I'm excited to see what they do with this unified title thing. They do it every couple of years. I think the last time they did it, that's when uh, Cena and Orton was kind of like the top head guys. And they did the thing with that and the authority. So, I don't know. I, I, I'll wait to see that. Now, I do want to give a quick disclaimer that all of my wrestling predictions and things, I don't watch um, like YouTube videos. I don't follow Dave Melzer and stuff like that. So, it's just based off kind of like me watching it and putting things together, me consistently watching it. Um, but overall, I think WrestleMania, like I said, the first night was dope. Um, I started off by doing the NXT thing, which they have Dolph as the champion. Um, of course, he lost it Monday night to Brown Breaker. Brown Breaker um, is the son and uh, nephew of the uh, Steiner brothers who were inducted to the Hall of Fame. Um, oh, side note, I think that that's one of the things overall WrestleMania kind of put me in shock. And I want to just take a break and talk about it. I was going to talk about it later, but let's just go ahead and bring it up. Since I mentioned the Hall of Fame. Hold on, let me like this. All right. So as an avid wrestling fan, it, it didn't break my heart, but it just made me sad. Because now it's the realization at this WrestleMania that... You know, they induct Undertaker to the Hall of Fame. You just, you just, you, it's just things that you think about as a just child growing up, the people you used to watch. You know what I'm saying? I, I've basically probably only missed maybe like the first couple years of Undertaker's career, only just because being just young and not fully remember. But other than that, I've watched Undertaker my whole life in the ring, outside the ring, the whole missing, not showing up, where is he at? Because there were some events when he was injured and he was going to that, like, I want to show up when I want to show up that. We kind of missed him at some events. We need an Undertaker. Undertaker stayed loyal um, to the company. He didn't switch over and things, and he was just the firm, I'm going to say, a cash cow of Vince McMahon. He was one of the pillars to help bring uh, and make WWE beat WCW in the Monday Night Wars, uh, especially with his Great storyline that he had with Kane. He had everybody. You can ask anybody, like, oh, I didn't know they weren't brothers in real life. Yeah, yeah, everybody believed that Kane and Undertaker were brothers in real fucking life. Like, that's how that story was just sold and so in depth to where it was so fucked up that people can believe, like, oh, maybe this kid did burn his house down and left his brother stranded. And he came back and got him because 
that was the horror movies and shit we was watching at that time. Um, also, Triple H retired, which was a thing. You know, you thought you had a couple more years of seeing Triple H just pop up out the blue at random WrestleManias and wrestling and stuff. And he's no longer retired. Left his boots in the ring. Um, and then the most influential thing, uh, which was really the dopest part of night one, is uh, Stone Cold. Stone Cold, after 19 years, coming back and wrestling in the place that he first started wrestling at. And the fact that he put on an absolute fucking wrestling clinic during his match. It wasn't one of those, I'm going to show up and then be the old guy, hit my famous move and just walk out. No, he fucking showed up, put on a wrestling match. They went in a crowd. They went on a ramp. I think he had a couple suplexes on the ramp, suplexes outside on the concrete. Like, he showed his fucking ass. And it was a great fucking match. And to know that you're not going to get these guys that you grow up with. You're going to have to depend on the newer guys. It's it's a weird feeling for a wrestling fan, you know? I think people people can definitely relate to that, you know what I'm saying? Just, um, you know, when Kobe retired. Like, uh, you know, when uh, probably Shaq stopped playing basketball. Charles Barkley retired. Magic retired. Like, you want to see the greatest people that you feel like are, you know, who your childhood heroes are. Um, you you want to see them perform forever. And it's just, it's not like that, so... When you have to kind of let that go and rely on the newer guys, it's, it's, it's a touching moment, you know, because that's what you grew up on. That's what you depended on. That's what motivated you. That's what excited you. You know what I'm saying? I was waiting Monday nights to see The Undertaker pop out of a coffin or, uh, you know, a pay-per-view event where they beat him up, throw him in a casket, light the casket on fire. And they're like, oh, he would do that to The Undertaker. And then they take the fire extinguisher and put the fire off, open up the casket and the motherfucker's gone. Like he disappeared and everybody was like, Oh my God, where did he go? And then there's a mysterious voice. Now we all know this shit is set up. This is where people are like, Oh, wrestling's fake. We know this guy had a trap door and shit like that. But at that time when I was young, I thought this nigga was David fucking Copperfield just disappearing out the fucking casket. And his voice just coming on the PA talking about resting in peace. That was some daunting shit as a child growing up. Like, Oh my God, like that's, that's what happens. That's what happens when you fuck with the Undertaker. But, um, again, it's a daunting thing when you have to realize that your childhood heroes are no longer performing anymore. Now they're regular people. Now I have to look at them as Mark Galloway instead of the fucking Undertaker because that's who he is now. That character has been retired and situated. But, um, yeah, I wanted to take it at a time. That was the biggest thing that I kind of pulled away from WrestleMania this weekend is that this is the final time, really, some of the top childhood, and he's in the Hall of Fame now. Like, now it's kind of just like, it's just over. There'll never be another Undertaker. There'll never be a Triple H. Now we'll just have to wait till they put him in the Hall of Fame. And then there'll never be another Stone Cold if he decides or not decide um, to come back and make these random appearances again. Um, the dope thing about it, though, is that sports technology has come a long way. You know, like... You have these athletes, these entertainers who take this long period of time off. And I know they're not putting strain on their bodies, but you really can just sit around and do whatever you want to. You got the money, you got his, you know, podcast and, you know, he got his whole beer uh, line. And just the fact that sports technology now can really, you can work with somebody and at an older age, make a comeback like that, you know? Think about Tom Brady keep coming back. Aaron Rodgers keep coming back. Like, there's technology out there to prolong the careers and the athletes, especially if you, you know, 
build your body up and take care of your body in such a manner to do that. Um, that to me, that's a personal show. I can't get my body together and I'm a normal person. So I know how like disciplined and on point it has to be. And, I, and I'm pretty, and a lot has to do with it, with the income, because if I was in the time, the same tax bracket as Tom Brady or LeBron or Aaron Rodgers, I would definitely, um, get my body together. I would definitely pay somebody to help me get my body together. I think I was watching or being on Instagram and it got this issue with Gilly the Kid and uh, Wiz Khalifa because Gilly the Kid didn't like Wiz Khalifa posting his workout videos in his tiny shorts or whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. This guy is motivating people that even though he smokes weed all day, that I can still be active and work out and do kickboxing and shit. Like, that's fucking dope because part of me feel like I can't be as active because I smoke a lot of weed. No, that's not true. That's not true. You can still have a regular routine and work out and things like that. And that's some inspiring shit. So stop the hate and Gilly the Kid. Um, anyway, another big drawback from WrestleMania was, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was these three top things. Number one, let's go ahead and talk about the return of the prodigal son, Cody Rhodes. And I think it is something that shows innovation and openness with the WWE that we've never seen before. And I think it started at Royal Rumble because Mickey James made a return back to Royal Rumble as the TNA Women's Champion. And to acknowledge that at the Royal Rumble, that she is a champion on another promotion, I think that's a big openness that is super dope with the WWE that I think should have pulled the curtains and let that go a long time ago. And I know they own it because they own WCW and any other probably little territorial things, you know, in the archives. But the fact that now that, and, and I know Cody says he's returning, he's going to be wrestling for a while. But if they did that more with other top stars, I think it would just draw more wrestling fans to the company. And it doesn't have to be on a, like an everyday storyline, every week storyline. But if you can take, if you can take a Ronda Rousey or a Brock Lesnar or a Logan Paul, and you know, build these matches up with these superstars, these and other sports things, I feel like you can give that same type of respect to top people in your own industry and grab somebody from New Japan or. And, and I know it may counter, counter like, like go against your core WWE fans, but if you're a wrestling fan and you know about like the Young Bucks and you know about about Kenny Omega and stuff like other people, other stars and who's at the top of their other promotions, I feel like they have enough money to draw them back for WrestleMania, for a SummerSlam. And again, it's not for the title, you know what I'm saying? But it's just showcasing other top industries against the people that you're top. The Cody Rhodes versus the uh, Seth freaking Rollins match was super dope. And the fact that he's the top guy in the indies, he's the top guy, went out and started his whole company, and this is one of your top performers in the thing. And you're still not, like, giving, you didn't throw him in a match against Roman Reigns. You didn't throw him in a match against Brock Lesnar and just destroy it. You took somebody who still was at the top of the game, one of the top wrestlers in the world, in your company, who's athletic, and they went toe-to-toe in one of the best matches on the card. So 
Um, they need to do a little bit more of that. They need to find other top people independent and it will, it's, it's a mutual thing. It will get wrestling fans more exposed and it would get that person in another industry more exposed as well too. So it's a, like, it's a two way street to help each other out and they have the funds, they have the capability, have the networks to do it. I'm glad they're starting to do it on a more major scale. But again, especially a lot of people who may be, you know, the children, like I know, Billy Gunn, he has a tag team on AEW. You know what I'm saying? It'll be kind of dope to bring them in one time and maybe go against the Usos and stuff. Yeah, you may still have the Usos as your company. You may have still Usos get the pin and they pull the job against the Usos because it's the top. But you know what I'm saying? You bring Billy Gunn, you bring Rikishi or somebody right there and you sell an extra couple bucks. You know what I'm saying? The Usos is the top of the game or the Usos versus the Young Bucks. There's the top... You know what I'm saying? Or like, it's just, it's just one of those things to draw more wrestling fans together and be more universal with it. Um, the next draw that was the weekend, I want to talk about Logan Paul. Logan Paul put on a whole fucking show that night in this tag match. Logan Paul and The Miz versus uh, Dominic and Rey Mysterio. And he put on a show and I'm super excited that this is the second year because last year they had Bad Bunny and Bad Bunny did a great job at WrestleMania. This year they have another, you know, super. He's already an athlete because he boxed, but he gave a fuck about wrestling. And I think that's the cool thing about it. He hit the three amigos and then he went on to the top and did the little Eddie shuffle and came off the rope and did the five star frog splash. And, and it was one of those things that he actually respects the craft and that's what made it so fucking dope is that he wasn't just one of those guys trying to build up his audience, get into another stream and get fans and stuff that he actually cared about. He actually went out there, put on the show. Then at the end, when Miz hit him with the skull crusher finale, he ate that, he sold that well. Like it was just on point, was working with tons of professionals. He actually looked way better than Dominique Mysterio. And Dominique is, you know, was raised with a fucking wrestling legend. So um, he showed his ass. It was great. Another athlete that showed his ass was Pat McAfee. I thought, I thought uh, the performance Pat McAfee put on was dope. And I, he, right there, he had a match against um, Austin Theory. Then turned around, had that match against Vince McMahon. Like, it, it's just awesome. Then got stunned by Stone Cold. I, he's, he's living his dream. And the guy is still pretty much young. I think he was like, what, 34, 35? He's still young and just living his dream, announcing this stuff. That was dope. Again, another person who just isn't like, oh, I like wrestling just to be at the front row and to be on camera, like he actually gives a fuck about the craft, the skill, and took time and was serious about it. And I'm glad that the stars and the social media stars, the athletes, the outside people that they're bringing in and sharing the ring with, they actually give a fuck about wrestling and the craft and actually is willing to train, learn moves, and take their time to understand the psychology behind wrestling. Because um, before it didn't, you'll see somebody come in who was a fan. They'll just jump. Even Snoop Dogg. Like, I know Snoop Dogg. And, you know, Snoop is the all-time favorite. Smoke Dogg out here. But, you know, he he didn't, you know, he's not taking bumps. He took some bumps, but he's not taking, you know what I'm saying, a lot of bumps. He's not pulling like a Logan Paul. So, but um, super dope to Logan Paul, Pat McAfee, um, the return of Cody Rose. That was super dope. Um, and I just had an awesome just WrestleMania weekend. I stayed up the whole time. I usually nod off. I usually smoke. Maybe it was the week, but I smoked enough to just stay up and just really fully just enjoyed it from start to finish. Um, the second night, even though I, it wasn't my favorite 
out of you know the first night, but it still was very, very, very good. Um, definitely, again, I respect, I guess, what they're doing with Roman Reigns because it wasn't a controversial finish to that match with him and Brock Lesnar. He it, it started to be controversial. You thought it was going to go that way, but it didn't. He cleared out. He got the you know he got the spear, hit him with the one, two, three. Even though he might have hit him with the low blow and caught him with some outside, with the referee was down, but. Um, it wasn't a full controversial ending. The Usos didn't come out. He, you know, Brock Lesnar let him get the belt. He dropped the belt to Roman Reigns. So I'm excited. I do feel like the next step next year in Hollywood, which we will personally be at, um, and that's going to be an awesome time because we're going to be at SoFi Stadium. It's California. It's L.A. We're going to try to hit as many dispensaries and different strands. We want to just... I'm trying to set a number. Let's see. This is WrestleMania 38. That'll be with 39, I think. It's WrestleMania 39. So you can try to hit 39 strands. 39 strands at WrestleMania 39, SoFi Stadium. And um, that's going to be dope. I really do think it's going to be Roman Reigns versus The Rock, SoFi Stadium, to draw that type of crowd. It draws the Hollywood people. It draws Hollywood, the L.A. prestigious, and the wrestling people in together. I think they're going to sell that. Um, the Rock, I think, is the last guy who can still keep up uh, with someone in that high-caliber match. And Roman, I think, can definitely do a great job of selling it. And so can The Rock and putting it over. And we'll see, you know, if that if he keeps the unified titles until April of 2023. Um, I don't care if he does. I think they do a good job. I think this, the writers do a good job already of emphasizing other crucial points without necessarily being a title exchange. Um, and that will help it go through. We're in the down season. I call it the down season until SummerSlam um, because it really is not the most watched pay-per-views right after WrestleMania. Um, people are going to keep their eye on it because, and I think that's probably why they're doing the unified titles this time, now I think about it, is because it's going to keep the eye on Roman and he sells out arenas, he sells merchandise. The Usos is right there with him. They sell out arenas, sell merchandise, so it's something to keep an eye on. But I don't think the titles are going to be the emphasis over the next couple of pay-per-views. I think it's going to be other things that encompasses around uh, Roman Reigns, but not directly with the titles, just so that way they can keep planning for the WrestleMania of next year. Which, again, I strongly do agree. This is just my personal prediction. It's going to be Roman versus The Rock. And that is, it's like, how do you top it again? You know, maybe SummerSlam, they may do another Brock Lesnar to keep it going, the feud. But, and again, it's going to lead to The Rock versus Roman, um, WrestleMania in Hollywood. Um, I also like, too, that they did, get, they did not give Ronda Rousey the title. It, like I said, it's other ways to... Take the heat off of Roman and let him kind of slide by being the longest reigning champion of all time um, because you're going to get more. Like I said, they got the I Quit match coming up uh, at WrestleMania Backlash between Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. And it's going to be the battle of the figure eight versus the arm bar. Like, so it's other things to put emphasis on that people are doing a great job. Um, I think Big Time Bex is going to have another role. I don't know any information about Bailey, but I hope they bring Bailey back. I'm excited to see Bailey coming back and taking a nice role into everything. Um, so there's a lot of different things that they can throw in to that way we can get this Roman versus The Rock. 
You know, I think that would be the ultimate match of the century of all time because it's all in the blood, the bloodline. Um, you, we've never got like the Rock versus his dad or anything, or the Rock versus Yokozuna or anything like that. So I think this is the time to kind of do something in that similar bloodline um, situation. They also got the young Oos, you know, down in NXT, you know. So it's just a lot of things that you can do with that and make it sell and have a great storyline behind it so that way it just won't be uh, Roman Reigns versus The Rock. It can actually build up and be something great. <clears throat> but yeah, that was my WrestleMania weekend. Um, also, uh, shout out to everybody who hung out with me and chilled for my birthday. My birthday was on the 8th. Um, we smoked hella weed. I think we had some pink gummies, some uh, Smarties. Uh, I got a cuzzo who gave me some strands, and he doesn't really know the strength, but they was fire. They were super danky. Um, it's always good to get that. I call it that trap house weed. Just that weed that they don't know the strand is, but you can just smell it. It just tastes great. You don't know where it's from. You don't know who grew it, you know, who took care of it, but it's some fire fire. Um, and I sometimes I appreciate those mystery non-name stream bags because they can kind of set you in your ass and make you have a dope weekend. Um, but other than that, outside of WrestleMania weekend, we're going to strive to make sure we're there next year and be in action and do kind of like this live broadcast kind of from it and make sure we get 39 strands um, in our expedition to L.A. with the WrestleMania weekend. But other than that, everything was completely dope. And again, we thank you and appreciate you sitting in with this, rolling up and getting the blunt and sitting down and just kind of vibing with Far Out here on another episode of Far Out Stranding Hour. So until next time, um, remember, there's so many strands of so little time. So let's roll that shit up and smoke weed every day.